<laughs> we are hope. We are love. Siotian is a family, a lovely family. We are progress. I am Siotian. I am Siotian. <laughs> I didn't say you, I said me. I am Siotian. You're listening to Beyond the Village. This podcast is produced by Children of the Nations. Shorthand for our name is COTN. We work in Sierra Leone, Malawi, Uganda, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic because we believe true, lasting, and meaningful change to a nation begins with the children. This podcast gives them, the staff who cares for them, and the partners like you a chance to tell the real story. Welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Village podcast, and I'm your host, Heather Ostakevich. So I learned something, and of course, I'm going to share this golden piece of advice with you. The best way to get to know someone is to take them to the happiest place on earth, Disney World, and then take them on the Tower of Terror ride, which it turns out was one of my favorite moments with a young man named Francisco Kalima. Let me back up and tell you, Francisco is from Malawi. He grew up in one of COTN's children's homes there. He looks like he's a head taller than almost everyone in the room, and he's got a smile a mile wide. This was his first trip to the United States and his first time in Florida. He was here to speak at COTN's 20th anniversary gala, so of course we, the Florida COTN staff, felt the best way to celebrate his visit was to take him to Disney World. I seriously wished I had recorded Francisco's first and only ride on the Tower of Terror. I won't even attempt to do a Francisco impersonation, but by the end I think everyone on the ride had laughed so hard our sides hurt because Francisco had something to say, or scream, every time the elevator dropped. So after spending quality time with Francisco, I learned a couple of things. He's not big on breakfast. He prefers tea. He's tons of fun at Disney World. And he's got a story that raises goosebumps on my arm every time I hear it because I see God's fingerprints all over it. The first time I heard it, I was at COTN's 20th anniversary gala. It begins with Francisco, who is two years old at the time. His father leaves, his mother is forced to go it alone to find a way to care for their three kids. Basically, she has to do the impossible. I remember like asking my mother each and every day, I want to see my father, like, I want to see how he, he looks like, and I want to see his love on me. My mother didn't tell me the truth. There was really no options for Francisco's mom. It was inevitable. Poverty would begin to slowly crush the life out of this small family. Because in Malawi, jobs are scarce. And for a woman like her who had no education, there was no way she'd find a good job or even a decent job. She struggled to make the rental payments just to keep a roof over her kids' heads. So it was so hard for her to find a job and to stand on her own. I remember growing up, like, it was so hard spending much of our like, time without eating. And I remember for two days we didn't, we didn't have food in the house. And my mother was, was like, I, I can't do this anymore. It's so hard for me. Because of what my father did, <laughs> affected the whole family. The kids tried to help their mother find food. Francisco is the youngest, so the burden of supporting their mom fell most heavily on his sister, the firstborn, and his brother. But it didn't matter how much they tried to help their little family still went days without food. At the end, we were all at home just just looking at each other, and life was so hard. So maybe it's no surprise the kids didn't get to school very often. Honestly, it was a miracle when they could go. Most of the time, they didn't have money for it, and for the most part, they were just too hungry to focus. By the time Francisco was 10 years old, things got harder. 
Francisco's mom got really sick. She was sick for a year. We didn't know the reason. And we, we were asking, like, Mother, why, why are you sick for a year? What's, what's going on? Or is it because maybe you have been working hard? We, we had a lot of questions. We didn't have a lot of answers on that. Then, on a whim, Francisco did something out of the ordinary. One day, I followed some of the guys that were going to church. And I was like, ah, I want to just go there and just see how people act and how people will pray. And I remember going there. It's when I heard about COT and then I was like, ah, this is so good. I hope this will be a moment when maybe I will be meeting friends and all that. And I remember going back when my mother was and sharing that story about COT. And she was like, yeah, you can join, you can go there. So it was amazing for me. The COTN program was kind of like an after-school thing, and Francisco quickly made friends. Little did he know how much this would soon change his life. The story begins one afternoon, one of those rare days when Francisco could attend school. But he was restless, he was too hungry to focus, and he couldn't get his mother off his mind. Something was telling me, like, go home and go home, go home. I was like, what's going on? Then I went home early. Then when I, when I, when I... When I get home, I asked my mother because she was laying on the floor. I was like, uh, Mama, are you okay? She was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'll be fine. I was like, no, you seem not fine. Like, you seem not to be okay. Something is wrong with you. What is going on? She was like, ah, no, I'm okay. Just just get me a cup of water. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go there. Francisco filled a cup with water and ran back to his mom. I remember coming back. She looked at me and said, there's something so special that I see in you that I think you'll be the one to transform your family. You'll be the one to take care of your family. I was like, you know, mom, this is so big for me because I didn't understand I was so young, I was 11. And, and she said, it's, it's fine. Then after that, she said, can you also go and get me another cup of water? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go there. I think Francisco's mom knew this was the end. I think she was still trying to take care of him, to protect him. And coming back is when I, I saw her dying. I was so afraid and being, being a small child, I didn't know how the person died. I was so afraid and then I went to the neighbors and said, can you please go and check on my mom? When they, when they came back, they were crying. And I was like, what's going on? And they, they reported and say, your mother is dead. At 11 years old, Francisco becomes an orphan. That was my low point. I was crying instead of standing strong. Like I felt like I was just nothing because my mother was the one providing for the family. And now she's gone. I was thinking, where am I going to get the food? Like where am I going to live? Because we we're supposed to pay for the house. And it was so hard for us. And then thinking all that, I was, I was, I was just down. Right after the funeral, Francisco's sister and brother told him they had decided to leave the village. Each, it seemed, had planned to go in a different direction, both in search of a better life. And I was like, so where am I going to go because you were leaving me here? They were like, we don't know, but we hope we meet each other. After his siblings left, Francisco spent the next two days at home. He didn't go to school, he didn't eat. One of the women in the village stopped by and said, you can't stay here alone. You won't be able to manage the house payments. What are you going to do? I remember I looked at that woman and said, you don't know how I'm feeling. You don't know what I've lost. You don't know what my life is like now. 
Francisco asked for a bit more time in the house so he could figure out what to do. Little 11-year-old Francisco. And I cried in the house for a week asking God, like, God, can you give me a family? God, can you help me find a father? Can you help me find a family whereby I'll be okay? As it turned out, Siotian had just opened their children's home in Malawi. Francisco is one of the first kids to call it home. I don't know what happened, but God answered it. And it's when Siotian came to me and said, we are taking you into our family. We heard about your story and how things are now. So it was so amazing and God used it for us to be safe and for us to find a new family. I remember going into the family. It was so amazing and I was like, oh, this is so precious for me. Francisco stepped into his new home and he was overwhelmed. It was nothing like he'd ever experienced before. They were like, this is your, this is your bed. I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> and I remember like having food every day, like three times. And this new little family did something Francisco had never done before. They met every day for devotions. And it's when I, I came to know God. My relationship with God was just deep and end, and I, I, I came to know God more. Francisco's world grew exponentially. He was back in school, going every day on full belly, and making lots of friends. He made it through high school, and during gap year after graduation, he worked at COTN's office, getting to know the staff, helping wherever he could, tutoring the younger students. And then he was accepted into the local African Bible College. And going there was, was amazing mm-hmm. because it was something that I, I did not expect. And it was quite, quite nice for my life because it's when I started getting what when my mother said about mm. transformation. It's when I saw my life changing. It's when I saw God working through my life. It's when I saw God give me the heart of service. It was in college that Francisco realized he was passionate about helping kids just like him. Every week, he'd go to COTN's children's homes, like the one he grew up in, and he and a group of COTN staff would invite kids from the surrounding villages to come to the home for something that was kind of like a Bible camp or an after-school program. They'd play lots of games and tell Bible stories. One time, they had almost 400 kids show up. Then recently, Francisco had the opportunity to work at a summer camp in the United States. It was a chance to gain experience and continue doing what he loves, serving children. Each camp counselor was assigned a cabin of kids, and all was well until it wasn't. One cabin of about 10 boys had been pushing the limits, getting into so much trouble the counselors had to have a meeting about what to do with them. I was like, ah, so you mean you want to kick them out? They said, yeah. I told them, you know, this won't be a good decision. Because if you kick them out of here, which means they will not change, because us as counselors, we are here to guide them. We are here to, to give them a better direction of life. So if you kick them out, they will leave the same. Francisco volunteered to take charge of the boys' cabin. He told the counselors he would share his story with the boys because, like them, he'd come from a troubled background. The counselors agreed to give Francisco a shot, but I don't think any of them really believed he could succeed. I remember that night I, I went to them and I shared my story, and after that, some of them were crying. The following day, they, they, they came to me and say, you know, Francisco, I want to change. You know, Francisco, I want to have a better relationship with God. And two of them were, were completely crying. I want, I want to have a better relationship with God. And when I saw that, I was so happy. 
and I share that to the staff and they were so happy to mm. hear that. And at the end of that week, the kids, they didn't cause any problems. Mm. And the people were so happy to hear that. It made me so happy to see what God did through me, yeah. Through your story, yeah. yeah. I'm no longer a follower, but I'm a leader. There's a verse in the Bible, Psalm 34:18, that says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. There's a photo I keep on my desk. It was printed on the front of a COTN Founders report. It's a picture of Francisco at one of the COTN galas during his visit to the U.S. It was the moment he first met the man who had been sponsoring him. They're locked in this hug, Francisco's eyes shut tight, and this raw look on his face of gratitude beyond words. When Francisco prayed for a family in the middle of his empty home, this man was part of that God-given answer. This photo reminds me why I do what I do. It reminds me that sponsorship is so incredibly important. I asked Francisco what he would say to you if you were right in front of him, if you were having coffee together. He starts out in his native language, Chichewa. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for whatever that you people are doing for COTN, for the support that you are giving to COTN. He says it might seem like just a little thing you're doing, but it's altering a child's life, a child's future, just like his. It will be something that they will not forget. I thank you for whatever support that you are doing. It's so amazing. May the Lord bless you. Okay, you might not know this, but right now COTN is in the middle of the million dollar challenge. It's not going to go on for much longer, but right now, thanks to some generous partners, your gift will be matched. Matched. This is such an awesome way to make sure more kids like Francisco get the care they desperately need. So if you want to be a part of this, head to our website, cotni.org forward slash Francisco. Being a part of COTN is like joining a family. We believe together we can raise up children from poverty and trauma, and one day these children, like Francisco, may transform their communities and their country. To learn more about who we are, just explore our website, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Pinterest. And don't forget, if you've fallen in love with this podcast, send it to your favorite people and then rate us on iTunes. Okay, before I say goodbye, I'd like to give a special thanks to Francisco Klima for sharing his story, and a big thank you to the BTV volunteer crew, sound engineer Udit Kumar, and production assistant Robert Lustenden. Thanks for listening. Until next time.